Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A lot going on. If you live in the Bay Area, the Santa Rosa fire has jumped Highway 101. The Lake County wildfires forced evacuation. Smoke from the North Bay wildfires is filling the Bay Area skies. I live on the peninsula, 25 miles south of San Francisco. Got to my car, no problem. Drove into San Francisco. The air is brutally harsh. Large grass fires burning near Nevada. Wildfires raging in Napa and Sonoma counties are growing to 20,000 acres. A lot of companies have been insured for buildings on these hills and ridges. And a lot of those buildings are burning down. Lots going on. Fires forcing evacuations. Now, I wanted to bring that up and tie that into the idea of I've got family that I'm like, hey, I'm opening my home to. And to any of their friends that need a place to stay that's due south of said fire. Um, I'll throw in, you know, uh, groceries. I'll throw in entertainment. I will make their time away from their city welcome and loved. So I'm opening my house to California refugees, so to speak. Now, again, this is a disaster. This is one of those things that you can't plan for. This is one of those things that you watch on the news and you're like, oh, that's in Orange County. That's so far away. Oh, that's in Southern California. That's so far away. Oh, that's just outside San Diego. Poor San Diego. But when it happens in your own neighborhood with friends and families being displaced, you're like, whoa. So a family friend of mine uh, lives kind of on a hill on a ridge. And a tree fell down, so they couldn't move their cars around said tree. So they had to walk around, go down, find a neighbor, borrow a car. And they're going to drive away for a few days and come back and see what, what remains. So forced evacuations in place. Channel 4's Kron's, Channel 4 Kron's Mark Dan lives in Napa on the hills. And he's been evacuated to the point that he can't come into work, so he's calling in with updates and things along those lines. I bring it up because it makes me think of Tom Petty, a man who died on probably the most unfortunate day in U.S. history in the last five years, where there was also the Vegas shootings going on. Otherwise, he probably would have been remembered and eulogized better. But the song, you know, Refugee, always hit me. And I know you're saying, are you tying Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers for Refugee? Am I tying that into what we're seeing right here right now? First and foremost, I think Tom Petty kicks Bruce Springsteen's butt in the world of Americana music. Um, And again, I'm not that big of a Tom Petty fan. I did see him in concert once. Um, So the first lyric of the song is, we got something we both know. We don't talk too much about it. Ain't no big secret all the same. Somehow we get around it. So it's really not a song about like people moving 
as much it is about the music industry and what it was in the 1970s, late 70s. And Tom Petty had to basically have a big fight with his record company. ABC Records tried to sell their contract to MCA Records without them knowing about it. But there was a clause in the contract that said they didn't have the right to do that. So first and foremost, read the contracts that you have. This is the Tom Petty investment lesson. Insurance contracts, business contracts, contracts with your spouse when you get married. You know, you should have an unwritten contract as well as a written contract. So Tom Petty was so angry at the whole system that, you know, he thought that he had to do an album about it. At one point in time, the music industry wanted to jack the price of albums. Damn the Torpedoes was so popular that they wanted to raise the price from $8.99 to $9.99. So he was going to name his album. This album costs $8.99 as a way of fighting the record industry so that everyone would hit mass confusion. He was very angry and he was defiant. And you can hear it in the song of he doesn't want to be a refugee, but the whole industry, the record music industry, was pushing the artists away from each other. He was conscious of it, and he looks back at it, and he saw what was happening. And it, it, It's very true if you hear him talk. Now that he's dead, you heard him talk, right? Um, but Heartbreakers guitarist Mike Campbell wrote a lot of the lyrics with Patty. And he goes, talks about the recording processes. It was hard record to make. It was a four track that I made in my house. Tom wrote over the music as it was, no changes. But it took us forever to actually cut the track. We had a hard time getting the feel right. We must have recorded it a hundred times. And we were being so frustrated with it one day. I think this is the only time he ever did this. He just left the studio and we went out of town for two days. Pressure got to him and he moved. Like he left. Now, what's interesting about that is, again, uh, when you see the, the process of becoming a successful hit song, Jimmy Iovine helped produce the song. And what Iovine did really well here was the drum track. The drum track was all wrong. Tom Petty's drummer, not well known for being one of the greatest drummers, because he underplays the music. Whereas most drummers kind of try to fill an arena. That wasn't the case. So the idea of walking away for two days is a great piece of advice for business partners and for love partners. Another Tom Petty business lesson for us is that don't go to bed angry, just go away. Tell your spouse, tell your business partner, I love you. We're going to fix this in a couple of days, but right now we're fighting mean. And when you fight mean, things will be said that will be tough to forget. So again, I see the fires in Santa Rosa and Napa and I go, people are going to be displaced. I'll bring them into my home. But then when I hear Dan the Torpedoes and Refugee, and again, if you haven't played that album, what an album. Before Steve Jobs ruined music and came out with MP3s, and you could download one song and pay for one song, albums were crafted. And, um, you know, the Disruptors and HBO show, fantastic to watch if you get a chance to see it and see how the music industry changed from albums and production. Uh, producers used to, and you know, sound engineers would make 10 bucks an hour, but producers would make three points on an album. And Jimmy Iovine was pretty smart. He'd be like, I'm so not going to let anyone market this other than me. So he wasn't the marketer, but he wanted to market it because he got three points on it. Um, but Damn the Torpedoes was such a big success, it helped the band grow a huge audience. And it was the number two album in the United States for seven weeks. Um, do you know what the number one album was? And this sucks to bring up because... I think Pink Floyd is wildly overrated. 
I think Pink Floyd's great if you want to smoke a lot of dope and get high and go, man, that's that guitar. That's awesome, man. That's that mood music. Awesome. Oh, my God, no way. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, The Wall, I'm not taking away from its accomplishments. But Damn the Torpedo is a much better album, in my opinion. I think The Wall is just easy and convenient to like. So Mike Campbell, again, uh, guitarist for Tom Petty. Uh, and pretty cool scene on YouTube if you get a chance to watch it. I think it was the University of Florida. Uh, they had the whole football stadium singing, I won't back down. And they kind of tied it into Las Vegas, which, again, unfortunate. But nice little moment. And mixing albums is a pretty cool thing. So one of the songs turned down for the album was The Boys of Summer, which Don Henley ultimately made into a pretty big hit, right? And The Heart of the Matter. Um, Petty heard it and said, nope, not me. Here comes my girl jamming me. You got lucky. Uh, winners, Heart of the Matter and Boys of Summer. Losers. Refugee as a song when I first heard it on Sunday Night Live in 1979. Uh, was one of those things that my big brothers got me in front of a TV and said, you have to watch this. Go to YouTube and watch it. It's pretty darn special. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One more thing I want to bring up about Tom Petty, and then I'll let him rest in peace. As far as the song Refugee goes, um, they were asked to be on the Merv Griffin show, but the band didn't want to show up for the Merv Griffin show, so they sent a video instead. And the video aired on the show, which allowed Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers to promote the song and to promote the album, and they didn't have to show up. It was kind of genius, and this was, you guessed it, right before MTV launched, and people were starting to figure out what MTV music television was going to be. And then MTV launched in 1981, and it got lots of play on the network. And it basically, you know, MTV wanted rock artists and rock videos, and this was one of them, which kind of opened the door for the band to do, you know, more and more appearances without actually having to do appearances. If you, you know, stop and think about what rock videos were back in the day, they were basically commercials for the band's music, band's live shows. And Tom Petty was very early on with the Don't Come Around Here No More and Free Falling videos that were very artistic and appealed to young people. And MTV and their Moon Man statues basically said, you know, this is going to be a brand that we want to be a part of, of promotion. It worked for both parties very, very, very well. Anyhow, you no longer had to count on the DJ, so to speak, to play your album's big hits. I'm officially retiring my conversations about Tom Petty. They are now officially over. Thank you very much. Okay, one more. One more. Do you remember the first time you saw this? You're like, he's turning to Bob Dylan. And it was a funky video. So if you've got a child under the age of 15, show him this video or show them this video. When you get Tom Petty as the Tom uh, Top Hatter, the Mad Hatter, or the Top Hatter, or the Mad Top Hatter, 
the album was Southern Accents, and it won MTV Video Music Award for Video of the Year, which, again, means nothing in this day and age, other than it sold a boatload of albums. Then, then a lot of people didn't realize that was commercials and promotions being pushed on them. So it was a song obviously written by Tom Petty of the Heartbreakers and David Stewart of the Arrhythmics. That's the twist on it. The Arrhythmics Dave Stewart uh, was the play on this one. It was a song that was inspired by the romantic encounter that Dave Stewart had with Stevie Nicks, who, oddly enough, Tom Petty had an encounter with Stevie Nicks, who in her day and age was all that in a bucket of chicken. She aged like milk, not like fine wine. So on the Howard Stern show, Dave Stewart once explained that the title's phrase was actually uttered by Nicks. Don't come around here no more. She had broken up with the Eagles guitarist Joe Walsh the night before. She invited Stewart to her place for a party after an earlier rhythmic show in L.A. Stewart, Stewart, yeah, exactly. No tender, no swipe right. Just come on over. He shows up not knowing who she was at the time, but he went anyway. Can you imagine? She's with Fleetwood Mac. She's one of the biggest international stars there is, and he doesn't know because he's caught up in his world. When everyone at the party disappears, um, Stewart and her go to the bathroom to snort cocaine. Uh, he decides to go upstairs right around 5 a.m. Nix is in the room right next to him trying on Victorian-style clothing which is described in the artwork of Alice in Wonderland, which is described in Don't Come Around Here No More. And uh, she told Joe Walsh, Don't Come Around Here No More. So, a lot going on. Thank you very much. I will be here all day for those of you who want to brush up on their Tom Petty music trivia. No, 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 no. Maybe next break. People get mad if I do any more Tom Petty. Maybe maybe another day. Anyhow, anyway. I know music trivia knowledge head Rob off. And now you know. So, the stock market. Back to my, my good friend, the stock market. Um, Columbus Day which in parts of the country is now known as Indigenous People Day. And if you're Italian-American, you're like, you're going, you're, you're angry at that, that statement. So the treasure market's closed, the bond market's closed, stock market's open. I used to take the day off. And today, instead of taking the day off, I'm honoring the Indigenous people by um, seeing my therapist. My therapist says I'm too tense. And I go, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you keep dreaming that you're in a wigwam or a teepee. Um, and there are two types of tents. I'll take the rapist for 200. (laughs) That's therapist. My therapist makes a lot of money. Let's just say I'm pretty well balanced because of him and because of you at the radio show, but he makes some bank on me. So, yeah, I'm living in a tent, and um, tonight uh, a wigwam or a teepee. So, I know. Joke failed the first time. Failed the second time. I'm too tense. Let's see a wig brand new. Okay. You want more Tom Petty? <laughs> so, Friday was an exception. The market was actually lower. No, no, no. Friday was an exception. The market was actually lower. Uh, market slept. And that's kind of weird, because it's been a strong 
fun market if you're in the market. Um, no big news over the weekend. Uh, Trump's starting to kind of hint that war is the option with North Korea. Uh, North Korea didn't conduct a long-range missile test, as had been rumored. It's being spun as a positive that maybe the rhetoric of, of battle is starting to cool down the tension with North Korea. Trump said, quote, only one way, quote, end quote, to deal with North Korea, which doesn't sound like a peace offering. Now, the point is the stock market is bullish in the face of that, and it's still intact. And there's a lot going on as far as being fraught with uncertainty. Um, there's the peace overture with North Korea. There's the what's going on in Turkey. There's the tax reform, will they or won't they? There's the DACA dreamers issue that's being promised and then taken away. There's Catalonia. Born in Arizona, moved to Catalonia. King Tut. Not quite, but still, a call for Steve Martin. It's a call for Steve Martin. Okay, my producer gets producer of the year for the second year in a row. Oddly enough, beating out Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. So anyway, we're moving into the final quarter of the year, which means one more earnings report. Will we grow at the 11.1% projected rate for the fourth quarter? How will we look for the first quarter? How will tax reform sprinkle in changes for the year? Got a lot going on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It was interesting this weekend on Senate Live that one of the acts from Vegas and the shootings uh, opened the show with I Won't Back Down. And Sam Smith was also on Saturday Live as the music guest. So Jason Aldean plays a Tom Petty song and kind of saying, you know, hey, Vegas victims were with you. Hey, crazy shooters out there. America won't back down. But Sam Smith was on the show, which if you remember the song Stay With Me was a direct steal, a direct lift of the music from Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. Um, so Tom Petty now gets a 12.5% you know, writing credit for a song Sam Smith stole. Um, and the similarities are crazy. Uh, so it wasn't light, it was heavy, and maybe it wasn't Sam Smith who did it, but one of the team Sam Smith members. I don't like Sam Smith. I know you're saying, Rob, you're a pity, aren't you? Yes, I am. Um, but how many people do you think that the whole I won't back down pissed off Sam Smith this weekend? The moment I heard that, I'm like, ooh, he's not going to be happy with that. Because uh, he lost a lot of money on that. So Tom Petty's net worth. Now you're saying, how do you hate this? I won't back down. This part right here, come up. So in this day and age, don't play dries. Uh, Tom Petty's net worth over worth over seventy five million dollars. Tom Petty would sometimes show up and play at gigs under the name Charlie T. Wilbury. Charlie T. Wilbury. 
um, and muddy wilberry. And you might know the traveling wilberries. Um, all good stuff. All good stuff. He was a voice on King of the Hell. Um, the hat from the Don't Come Around Here No More video uh, was destroyed in a 1987 fire on his house that basically was caused by arson. It's worthy of note that... Um, it's worthy of note that when you start talking about that kind of stuff, that everyone should have insurance and everyone should update their insurance. And when you see things like Santa Rosa fires going on, it should be a nice reminder to um, go a little bit out of your way to videotape everything in your home so that if it does burn down by fire, that you have some copies of it. One of the things I see a lot is people get insurance and then their insurance kind of plays itself out instead of fire. And then the They've overinsured, but they have no clue what they had. You know, in reality, if a fire burned down my house, I'd be like, yeah, I really only wear five shirts, five T-shirts, two pairs of jeans, a couple business suits. When I probably have 20 business suits, 10 pairs of jeans, 40 shirts, 40 T-shirts. Like, I probably would way, 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 way underestimate that. $75 million at a time of death. That's not bad. Um, so Tom Petty. Um, Tom Petty's first album, first solo album, Full Moon Fever, certified five times platinum. Uh, but it was originally turned down by his record company. He was a big advocate for marijuana legalization. Uh, with the reggae song, Don't Pull Me Over. And Mary Jane's Last Dance. Right? Are you with me on that one? So, he said that he met Elvis, and I don't have any great stories on Free Fallen, other than that it was a 90s staples of our life, but he said he met um, Elvis. His dad was an insurance salesperson who, you know, loved music, and he got a chance to take his son to meet Elvis Presley, who was shooting a film in Florida. So, Tom Petty's uncle owned a film developing business and worked on location shoots, and basically pulled this little kid out to see this big kid and he loved the fans, he loved the cars he loved the swagger, he was smitten by it all and that's why he got into music he dropped out of high school to join a band, which is great advice for your children when they want to drop out of high school, go join a band do it, you have to live out this dream it's going to work out for you like it worked out for Tom Petty now what's interesting is before he even released an album, the band broke up but guitarist Mike Campbell and keyboardist Bennett Trench uh, would later become members of the Heartbreakers. So they kind of had something going on there. And later in life, he was able to do anything he wanted at any time, which is kind of cool if you drop out of high school. As far as businesses go, he had every bad piece of business advice ever given to him. Get this, Tom Petty signed away 100% of his publishing rights for a meager $10,000. That makes me want to cry. He was forced to fight for a new deal that gave him half the royalties of his fourth album. Tom Petty went into bankruptcy. It could happen to him, it could happen to you. So... It was the 1979's Damn the Torpedoes album that had the Don't Do Me Like That, Refugee. It was the biggest of his career. It was the album that was triple platinum. 
So why do you think he was so concerned with the record business and the company business? Because as a musician, he wasn't very good at businesses. Everywhere you look, people make money in the music industry, and a lot of times artists were left with bad deals. If you Google Billy Joel bad record deal, he had some, and that's why he became a piano man. Doing what he does uh, on a regular basis, uh, messed up. Marriage 22 years, breaking up, he uh, got into heroin. So he had to detox after that. They shoot you with a drug that literally drives heroin out of your body and your body goes in spasms. Makes you not want to do heroin. Full Moon Fever, great fun album, 1989. Almost didn't get released. Um, even though it had tons of hits, Free Fall and I Went Back Down, Running Down a Dream. That's one we haven't heard enough of, right? His label thought the album would be a flop. And he was bummed by that. He's pretty far along in his career. He never had anything rejected. He never had to, uh, even a comment from the record industry. And here, a record industry is telling him it's not good. And Psychic Tom Petty turned out to be Psychic Tom Petty after all. He said that his last tour would be his last. His critically acclaimed 2014 album, Hypnotic Eye, became a first number one album of his career. The band went on to tour the U.S., uh, did three shows, I think, from the Hollywood Bowl in uh, L.A. And those were his last three. So three nights at the Hollywood Bowl and then two solo shows in New York. And he said it would be his last show, and oddly enough, it was. Thrilled with his legacy, though. Um, again and again, he did fantastic. A rock and roll icon who did get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He influenced generations of musicians like he was influenced. I don't think you can ask for a lot more than that. So anyhow, and anyway, dead at age 66, a little bit young, right? You bring that up because cardiac arrest, we're seeing more and more, is something that's taking people a little too early in this world. And how long are you going to live to? And what's your estate going to be? Um, someone you should... American girl? We haven't heard American girl. She was an American girl raised on promises. She couldn't help thinking that there was a little more to life somewhere else. We haven't all had that feeling. Um, working with elderlies like George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynne, and Roy Orbison. If you don't get a chance to work with elders in your life, shame on you. Good biography if you want to pick up a book for Christmas time and give it away. It's called Petty the Biography. It's written by Warren Zane. And uh, he used to get beat by his dad. He did poorly in school, but guess what his outlet was? Music. Guess what his uh, favorite toy was? Guitar. His biggest influence? The Beatles. Being able to grow long hair and telling your dad, screw you. Fantastic ability in life to be a young man as you grow into an older man. To have that moment where your hair defines you. Love it. So, that's it. That's my Tom Petty tribute. I got nothing else. Complacency, uh-uh. So, it takes a lot of hard work to be successful. And it takes a career and a life of being introspective. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Seriously. 
get your YouTube to work. Get your uh, uh, music subscription to work and listen to some Tom Petty if you have it. And uh, just try to put it into perspective. So I started the segment talking about Jason Aldean and singing I Won't Back Down. I thought he did a horrible cover. But again, to me, the, the fun there was it was almost a shot at Sam Smith, who was on the show as well. Anyhow, anyway, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Twitter, robblackshow. YouTube, robblackshow. Are there lessons in icons' deaths? There better be. Otherwise, you weren't a very good icon. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Bill Gross and Mohamed El Arian used to be tied towards PIMCO. And the two of them would trot out on CNBC on a pretty regular basis. And they're these big figurehead kind of guys. And they talk about the debt market. And debt's considered smarter than equity. So if you see how the bond market reacts, it's considered real-time smart, whereas the stock market continues to look like six months down the road. And I call it the dumber cousin of the bond market. But I always like Mohamed El Arian more than Bill Gross. Bill Gross kind of has that, just the mustache thing going, that's a turn off. I know you're saying, did you just say that? Yeah, he's a hot yoga guy. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't need to think of a, a stock guy, market guy, bond guy with a hairy body doing hot yoga. I know you're saying, is that really your critique? Yep, no. it's a mustache kind of morning. My critique is tied towards the content. I just didn't find Bill Gross to be all that relevant. He's kind of an alarmist uh, sometimes to the point of, are you pushing your own safety with bonds? And yeah, he is. So Muhammad El-Aryan I like, except for the fact that he talks about the Jets. When he talks about the Jets, he has a lisp that drives me comically insane. Like I go, oh God, that's horrible. Um, because you're seeing this guy on CBC talking about money, and he's talking about the Jets and how great they're going to be until they're screaming. It's comically bad TV. So he was on CNBC, and he talked about, he's now with the Alliance, and he's the chief economic advisor. He said he's concerned about North Korea and a possible monetary policy mistake. He's talking about negatives. I think it's great to listen to and come up with a list of negatives. He said investors have been conditioned to believe that central banks are going to have their backs, and I feel that's kind of true. I've said that more than once in an investment policy committee meeting that, you know, if things do correct 5-10%, the Fed's going to heat up and start slashing, and they're going to do what they can to buy back debt or what have you. So the really promise of a synchronized economic recovery is not strong enough yet to warrant higher asset prices, he says. Yeah, it is. I disagree with you, because it already has happened. So he's talking today, and he says you need a major shock or a major series of shocks to dislodge the market. It's a market that's not going to be easily dislodged. And I agree with that statement. I kind of like that statement. See how I kind of like, like some things don't? If you cite the potential shocks that he's worried about, he says North Korea doing something not just brazen but really stupid, and the U.S. reacting is his number one fear. Now, for hundreds of years, for many decades is a better way of saying it, the U.S. has had this policy of negotiating with North Korea typically diplomatically where North Korea is like, oh, we're going to so rain havoc on South Korea. 
And we're like, okay, what do you want? Food, we'll give you food. What do you want? Money, we'll give you money. And then they go away for a while. And rain havoc on South Korea was because they didn't have the technology to go much further. And they started developing some missiles, and China's helping them and funding them and giving them the technology. Russia is as well. And, you know, oh, we're so going to rain havoc on Japan. Look how close Japan is on a map. We're going to rain havoc on an American ally. Um, And it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So the question is, is when did giving money or food to North Korea stop working? Is it the Internet, the day and age of, you know, memes where people are starting to make fun of Kim Jong-un and how short he is and his desire to have Dennis Rodman and play basketball and be seen as a world leader, even though North Korea is insignificant. Yeah, that's partially it. I imagine potential next moves could also influence the stock market, not just North Korea, but the European central bank, the bank of Japan, the people's bank of China, they could all be tricky because people are getting complacent right now in the world of investing. I am. I'm taking more risk. I'm going, you know, I don't really want to miss the last 10, 15% of a 100% move in some stocks. People get complacent. We get conditioned. The market always moves higher. It's been a long time since we've had a pullback. We're at this level right now where we're putting more and more money into the markets. And same thing with the world central banks. There's just a lot of buybacks. There's a lot of liquidity. Right now, I think the wild card is, when are we playing musical chairs? We've been in the midst of a long and rewarding journey, and the destination is unknown of when does the music stop playing. I used to love musical chairs as a kid. I used to love doing cakewalks. You know, you walk around the chairs, the music stops, and suddenly you have to find a chair pretty damn fast. Love that. that was, I was all about that. And uh, you remember the music, and you're like, eyeball in the next chair. And you're hustling to the next one. And then you're eyeballing, and then there's like a break of like four empty chairs. You're like hustling, 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 hustling. Then you're slowing down. I was psycho as a kid. I thought of this kind of stuff, right? Um, 800-516-1220. Now, speaking about psycho, there's some stocks that I just won't play with because I just don't get it, and I just don't want to be involved with it. And I'll give you an example is... Restoration hardware. In my early 20s, I was starting to buy houses and starting to live on my own away from mom and dad, you know? And I'd like I'd go into furniture stores, and one of them was um, restoration hardware. I'm like, man, this stuff is expensive, but it's nice. And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I just don't get it. I could see that they're doing buybacks. I could see that their stock is doing great. I could see incredible inventory reduction. I could see, you know, buying back half of its shares. I could see it valued at 30 times earnings and having some opportunity. It just isn't me. In the world of retail, I'd rather own Williams-Sonoma. And then when it's Williams-Sonoma, I'd rather own Amazon. I get going after restoration hardware. I just I have to stay away because I don't quite understand the dynamics. Does that make any sense? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.